Welcome to season number six of the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. This show is designed specifically for ambitious moms, dads, husbands, and wives to help you get money out of the way so you can live life on your own terms. And if you're finally ready to transform the way you do money, head over and grab one of our free resources at yourmoneyright.com. Again, that's yourmoneyright.com. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business. Because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. And this show is designed to change just that. I'm your host, the Money Misfit, Jamar Dupas. This is episode number 79. And today, we're going to talk about taxes. But hear me out here. Before you before you cut this thing out, before you switch to the next thing, we're going to talk about how taxes work in plain English, right? We're going to give it to you the only way that I know how to give it to you, plain and simple. We're going to answer questions like, what are tax brackets, right? How do they even come up with our tax percentages anyway, right? What's the difference between earned income and passive income? We're going to talk about the difference between deductions and credits. All those questions we're going to answer today because we're going to help you understand how taxes work. We're going to break down the terminology in plain English. So the next time you're at your next cocktail party with your foo-foo friends and all that good stuff, you'll be able to talk taxes like a CPA or something like it, right? <laughs> but uh, oh, you, I think you're going to like it. I think we're going to enjoy this one. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's a little bit nerdy. It's a little bit geeked out, but you know, I kind of, I kind of geek out, nerd out about this stuff. So it's a, it's a good show for me anyway. So I'm excited about that. And I hope you'll be excited as well. If this is your first time tuning in, I'd like to say welcome, welcome. I don't know how you found me, but I appreciate you being here. This is a different type of personal finance podcast. We talk about money as it relates to real life, how you can use it to really apply in your life, what I like to call functional finances. Cause a lot of people talk about money, right? You know, you can look at CNBC, you can look at Fox Biz, you can look at a lot of these stuff, you can listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of shows and stuff like that, but a lot of people just talk right over your head, at least that's how it was with me, right, talking right over my head, especially when I was just getting started, so I don't know if that's the case with you, but that was the case with me, and here we just talk about how it relates to real life, and you can use it to do what you want to do, hence the whole term, the money misfit, because we also are not going to give you the traditional mainstream media type uh, advice, right? Because everybody's different. Personal finance is personal. And my goal is to help you not only just get your money, but get it, understand it to the point where you can make your own decisions that are for you, right? That are based on where your goals are and all that good stuff. So uh, if you want to find out more about what we do, how we do it, you want to hang out with us, you want to you want to learn what we know, head over to our website at yourmoneyright.com. All of the past episodes are archived there. So you can see all the past episodes. You can also see all the archives for most of our archives in your favorite podcast player. We're on TuneIn Radio now. That's a new one. We're in Acast. We're in, of course, Apple Podcasts. We're in Stitcher. We're in Google Play. Uh, and a lot of different places. Just just look. We're probably there. Uh, so join us. And also, don't forget, we have a Facebook group, The Money Misfits, where we continue the discussion. We talk about upcoming shows. We talk about shows that we just had. And we talk about books that we like. Whatever we want to talk about, we do that in The Money Misfit Facebook group. Now, hear me out. There is another group out there called Get Your Money Right. 
So that's not us. It's not entitled get your money right. At least not today. Maybe I'll change something up or put a subtitle or something one day. But that's not the same group because I know there's some people who've gone to that group and they're looking for me and they're asking questions. And the lady that runs it just kind of deletes your questions. So it's not me deleting them. I promise you, because <laughs> I see some of them that'll pop up and then all of a sudden they're gone. But um, so that's not the same. It's the money misfits on Facebook. So also, if you like what you hear today, please consider leaving us a rating and review. We do have some new reviews, got some new ratings, got some new critiques. I love that type of stuff. Right. One of the latest reviews is like, look, dude, you talk too much. You take too long to get started with the content. So. You know, he still gave me five stars, so I appreciate that. <laughs> but I appreciate the feedback as well. And I'll, I'll take the love, too. So it's not just criticism. I'll take the love and everything else, and I'll take everything you have to give me, and I will use it and go back to the drawing board if I need to. So consider doing that. Uh, YourMoneyRight.com is where you can find anything else that I did not mention. So let's get on with the show taxes. Now, Taxes have been in the media or in the news a lot lately, right, because the Republicans and the Democrats have been going back and forth about tax reform, uh, what people are calling the Trump tax cuts. Today, we're not going to talk about the Trump tax cuts. We're going to do that next week. Today, I felt like we should do a good foundation so you can understand what we're talking about. You can understand what people are saying. Because one of the issues I have with how we get our information is a lot of it is extremely biased. Now, I have my own bias, right? So I'm not, or biases, I don't know how you say that. But anyway, so I'm not immune to bias, right? But I try to give it to you straight, right? So you can just take the information raw and you come up with your own ideas. But if you're watching Fox News, if you're watching MSNBC, if you're watching these channels, they all have these very slanted opinions about things and they don't they don't report the news like they used to they give you a lot of opinions and a lot of talking points and a lot of times there's no substance behind it right or there's some emotion behind it and it they don't necessarily allow you to kind of think for yourself so we're going to cover that next week but today i want to give you again like i said the foundation of the tax system what these terms even mean right how we can use it and, and understand it in plain English, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you want to hear more about the tax, Trump's tax cuts, make sure you're subscribed so you can come back next week and listen to that because we're going to talk about how it really affects you, the real talk behind it, right? Forget all the, the emotion, forget all the people who love Trump and don't see any of his flaws, and forget all the people that hate Trump and don't see any of the things that he's doing positively, which I know, I know, it's difficult. It's difficult. I know. It's hard. But anyway. <laughs> Let's get on with it. So what are taxes? What are taxes anyway, right? Uh, taxes are taxes, right? I think they, they stand in their own deal. Uh, they're just a bill that the government sends you to pay for whatever it is that they feel like they need to pay for, right? Whether it be infrastructure, uh, roads, welfare system, uh, military, uh, schools, grants, research, whatever it is, these are what taxes for. And and today, you know, we want to give you this information so you can lower your tax bill and understand where all this stuff comes from. But there's this old saying that the only thing in life, there's two things in life that are promised, that's death and taxes, right? What's funny about that is 
death and taxes are two of the things we try to avoid the most, <laughs> right? Nobody wants to talk about death. Nobody wants to talk about taxes. Nobody wants to understand taxes, right? Um, but we're going to talk about taxes. But first, what I want to do is make sure you understand uh, there's three types of tax systems in the world. Really, there's two. And you've heard the term that there's taxes for the rich and there's taxes for the poor. And there's some truth in that, right? There is some truth in that uh, because there's people who are wealthy. They earn their money one way and people who are not earn their money another way, right? So for our purposes today, we're going to focus on the earned income aspect of it. So there's three real types. There's earned income, there's capital gains income, and there's passive income, right? As far as the tax uh, system is concerned. Today, we're going to talk about earned income, the money that you go to work for and you earn, the money they'll send you a W-2 for or even a 1099 a lot of times if you're self-employed. Uh, but that's what we're going to focus on today, mainly about the money that comes in from your W-2, the money that you work for, right? So that's what we're talking about. Uh, and so the first term I want to cover today is what is taxable, right? How much of your money are they legally allowed to tax in the first place, right? This is the term that's called taxable income. And it's really important that you understand this because a lot of people look at their taxes and they think about their taxes based on their salary, right? Especially when we start talking about tax brackets, right? But we'll get to that in a minute. But what I want you to focus on is there is an income and then there's a taxable income. So if I make $100,000 a year, it doesn't necessarily mean that $100,000 is taxable, right? This is where deductions and credits and, and all these other things come in. We're going to get to it in a minute. But understand there's two types. There's there's your income, then there's your taxable income, income that is able to be taxed, right? And the goal, the secret, because we've talked about this before, right, that taxes are your biggest expense. No matter who you are, taxes over your lifetime is one of the four wealth building destroyers, Right. If you don't understand how to maintain them, if you don't understand how to tame them. Right. If you don't understand how to get your money right, because the right way to get your money is to get your money with the least amount of taxes. If you are a W-2 employee, that is not the least amount. In fact, you are taxed more than anybody else. And that's just the way that's going to be. And we'll, we've talked about this before, and I don't want to go down that tangent right now. But basically, the way that the reason why that is is because you're not doing the things the government necessarily wants you to do. The people who do the things that the government wants them to do gets the biggest tax breaks, right? And it's always going to be like that until something world breaking happens. Maybe when cryptocurrencies take over and everything is decentralized. But until then, that's kind of how things go, right? So you got your income. And you got your taxable income. The goal to save taxes for you as a W-2 employee is to lower your taxable income, lower the amount of income that is legally taxable. Now, I know I keep repeating myself and I repeat myself so you can really understand. I want you to dig into this. Right. You want to lower what is taxable. You don't necessarily want to lower your income. You just want to lower how much of your income is taxable. And a lot of this is based off of tax brackets, right? So we're going to go into tax brackets. What are tax brackets? These are just, you know, functions of our tax code. So percentages, right? So right now, as it stands today, the taxes that you will be filing here in the next week or so 
over the next couple of weeks, right? Because we're now we're in January 2017. Tax season opens up next Monday, January 29th, 2017 is when tax season opens up. And a lot of you will start doing your taxes. Some of y'all have already started doing your taxes, trying to get those advances. I'm not going to judge you, but don't do that next year. Anyway, <laughs> um, so tax season is opening up, right? So you need to understand that. So when our, the way our taxes work is we have different brackets. We have percentages that you have to pay. We have a progressive tax system. So basically, there's seven tax brackets right now as it stands in 2017. And there'll be seven next, seven next year as well with the Trump tax deal. Uh, but the rates are actually going to be lower, right? So the tax rates right now are 10%. 15%, 25%, 28, 33, 35, 39.6, basically, right? So you don't really, the percentages themselves don't really matter. Just know that there are different percentages in the tax brackets, right? How do you determine which tax bracket that you're in, right? So for example, if you, anything below, if you make less than $18,000, let's say a married couple, right? I'm going to talk about myself because I'm married. We filed jointly. Right. In my house. Um, if we make less than about eighteen thousand dollars or so, we're in a that money is in a 10 percent tax bracket from eighteen thousand to about seventy five thousand. That's a 15 percent tax bracket from seventy five thousand to about one hundred and fifty or so. It's twenty five percent. One hundred and fifty to about two hundred and thirty. That's twenty eight percent. Two hundred and thirty to four hundred something. It's thirty three, thirty five percent, thirty nine. You get it right. So it's progressively getting higher. So how do you determine what tax bracket that you're in? A lot of people think, well, I make a hundred thousand a year as a married couple or two hundred thousand dollars a year as a married couple. According to this tax bracket, I pay twenty eight percent taxes. Right. That's what most people think. But that's not true. Right. That is not how much you're going to pay in taxes. That may be where you're tax bracket that may be where your income falls as far as your tax bracket but there's other things that go into that remember there's income and then there's taxable income right it's two separate things income and then taxable income right so your income your salaries between you and your wife between you and your husband may say you make two hundred thousand dollars and if you look at the brackets you say oh we make two hundred thousand dollars we fall in the 28 percent tax bracket right that's true but you don't pay 28% taxes. If you are, you need to fire your CPA. Either that or they're stealing from you. In which the case, you need to whoop their tail and fire your CPA. Right? So let's talk about how tax brackets really work. Here's why you don't pay 28% on your income. Right? So let's just say for the sake of this argument that you do make $200,000, right? And your taxable income is $200,000. Here's how the tax brackets work. If you're married, filing jointly, the first tax bracket is 10%. Any dollars that you make from zero to $18,650 is taxed at 10%, right? The 10% tax bracket does not say that does not mean that you only get 10% if you make less than $18,000. It's your first $18,000 that is taxed at 10%, right? The money between 18,000 and 17,000 is then taxed 
at 15%, right? So your first 18,000 is taxed at 10%, right? That then that's moved out of the way. You can't tax that anymore, right? Your next money, the 18,000 to 75,000, that money is then taxed at 15% and then moved out of the way. Then the money from 75,000 to about 150 or so is taxed at 25% and then moved out of the way. And then finally, the money from your 150,000 to 200,000. So basically, that $50,000, that 150 to 200, the $50,000 that you have there, the $50,000 is taxed at 28%. Not your whole 200,000. It's just the 50,000 that falls in that particular bracket. Right. So if you look at that, you realize, look, you're not paying 28 percent. In fact, you need to be paying a whole lot less than 28 (laughs) percent. Okay, if you're paying more than 28 percent, somebody is doing it wrong and they need to be checked. But this is why you need to understand this stuff. Right. Because a lot of people in the financial industry will take advantage of you. Right. Because they, that's why you see all these tall buildings. Because a lot of these financial companies, they're making bread. I mean, when I'm talking about making bread, they are making bread and they're making bread off the backs of our own ignorance because we don't understand things. And that's fine. They're providing a service. If you don't want to think about this stuff, if you don't want to think about your investments, you know, things like that, that's just the cost you pay. Right. So if you don't want to take the time to learn about taxes Somebody will charge you accordingly, and that's just the convenience fee that you pay, which I've also talked about before. This is another one of the wealth building killers, right? It's convenience fees. And having that ignorance, you pay a fee for it, and that's fine. You don't have to know about it. Like, there's things I don't want to know about. I just pay for it, right? I don't need to know how my computer works. I just buy one, and I use it, right? If I wanted to save money, maybe I could just build it myself. Maybe I can build it myself and be a whole lot cheaper, right? But I don't want to do that, (laughs) okay? I don't want to take the time to learn how to build a computer. I don't want to take the time to learn how to build an iPad. So I just buy it, right? Because I don't, they don't have time to think about that, right? I don't want to worry about that. You could do the same thing in every aspect of your life. If you don't want to learn how to cook, you can pay somebody else to do it. They're going to charge you a convenience fee. They're going to charge you for that that deal. And and if it's a good deal, you're going to buy it and and yada, yada, yada. That's the same thing with taxes and our personal finances. The reason why people buy mutual funds, the reason why people put their money in 401ks, the reason why people do things that are on autopilot is because they don't want to take the time to learn that, right? To take the time to understand it. And what happens is the least, the least amount that you understand, the more you're going to pay. Right. The least skills that you have, the more you're going to pay when it comes to that particular area. And that's just the way it works. But I want you to understand this so you don't get ripped off. You can still pay your convenience fees. Right. You still have a CPA, you still have a bookkeeper, you still have a tax accountant, you still have. You need to have those those professionals around you, especially once you start making real money, uh, especially when you get started really getting into these higher tax brackets and stuff like that. You really want to have these people around you because then they'll save you money. But you need to know how it works so they they don't cost you money or any more money than is necessary. Right. So that's how the tax brackets work. So it's 10 percent, 15, 25, 28. But that 10 percent is only on that first 18,000. Right. So basically out of that first 18,000, you only owe eighteen hundred dollars. Right. You don't owe 28 percent of that. 
Hope that makes sense. And it just goes on progressively higher than that. Now, that's if your whole 200,000 is taxable, right? For the most part, that whole 200,000 is not taxable. Why? Well, this is where your deductions and your credits and things like that come in. So let's talk about deductions. What are deductions? Deductions are just like what they sound. They are things that deduct from your income to lower your taxable income. Hopefully I said that right. <laughs> right. Uh, so, for example, uh, you've heard people, they, they will deduct their mortgage interest. Right? So say, for instance, they paid uh, $10,000 in mortgage interest this year. Right. They will take that ten thousand dollars. Let's take our same couple that makes two hundred thousand. They will take that same ten thousand dollars and deduct the ten thousand from their two hundred thousand income. So now their taxable income is at one ninety and not two hundred. Does that make sense? You're trying to deduct from your income to lower that number. So where your taxable income is lower. Right. This is what these deductions are doing. They're subtracting from your total income so that you have a lower taxable income. And if you have a lower taxable income, you pay lower taxes. Right. That makes sense. So that's what we're trying to do with deductions. We're trying to lower that particular number. So then maybe you fall to lower tax brackets. Right. Or just less of your money is taxed in general. This is why you hear people really hustle and and bustle for that. This is why businesses are such good ideas to start, right? Because they get to deduct a whole lot of stuff that regular people don't necessarily get to deduct. And that's important that you understand that. And this is where you hear like the AGI or adjusted gross income. This is this is kind of where this comes from. This is how that's calculated by taking all these deductions and things like that, lowering your income and then taxing based off of that. So remember what you want to do is take your income. The goal is to take your income and make it as least taxable as possible. Right. You want the lowest taxable income as possible. You want the highest income that you can make, but you want as little of that to be as taxable as possible. This is what gets me about like uh, uh, Warren Buffett and other people who talk about, well, the rich don't pay their fair share. Well, the reason why the rich don't pay their fair share is because most of their taxable income is very small or they're in separate tax brackets. So a lot of these guys, they make their income not in earned income, but in passive income or capital gains, right? Or cash flow, things like that. That's how they take their money in. They don't take their money in as a salary or W-2. So if Warren Buffett really wanted to tax himself much higher, he would just take most of his income as an employee, as a W-2 person. So he can fix that problem if he wants to. He just don't want to, right? Because that's not how he makes his, and it's not how he earns his money. He's much more efficient with money than the government is. If that wasn't the case, he would pay more of his taxes. So a lot of people knock on the rich for not paying their fair share, but it's really based on how the rich actually make their money, right? So like movie stars, NFL players, People who are employees and they make several million dollars, they are taxed at that thirty nine point six percent. All the money that they make that's over, you know, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. All that money is taxed at 40 percent. The slash right there. Boom. Forty percent. Right. So if you make 
one million five hundred thousand. That five hundred thousand gets taxed however it is in that that bottom brackets, those bottom six brackets. But that rest of that million dollars, that's taxed at forty percent. So on that million dollars, they're paying four hundred thousand dollars in taxes. If they make them, if they make their money as an employee, but most of them don't, right? They they take some of their money as an employee, some of their money in other in other ways, right? In other types of compensation, whether it be in pensions or four hundred one ks or top or uh, stock options or you know perks, things like that, where these things can be deducted from their income to lower their taxable income. That's how this game works. The goal for us is to learn that game and figure out how to lower our taxable income, right? That's where the education starts. And that starts with the deductions. This is why people shoot for and fight for deductions. Uh, so if you own a home, right, if you have a business, if you have children, things like that, those are the things you want to use to deduct. If you have interest payments that you pay towards your student loans, those things are deductible. These are what deductibles do. They take your income and lower the amount of that income that is legally taxable. Right. So that's a deduction. Now, what's the difference between a deduction and a credit? A credit is basically bottom line money that comes back to you. Right. So at the end of the day, they say, okay, you owe after all your deductions and they go through your tax brackets and stuff like that. They say you owe three thousand dollars before credits. And they say, but you have a $3,000 credit, right? The $3,000 credit is taken off directly off of what you owe. It doesn't deduct from your income. It takes off directly from what you owe. So credits are much more valuable than deductions, right? Because these are actual dollar amounts, not just dollar amounts then that are taken off by percentages, if that makes sense, right? So deductions lower your taxable income. Credits lower how much you actually owe dollar for dollar. Hopefully that makes sense. This is why child tax credits are so important because they don't just deduct your income. They give you the actual dollar amount. So if a, if your child tax credit is a thousand dollars, you got three children, you get three thousand dollars that goes against what you owe on your tax bill. That's huge dollar. That's huge money. Right. Because it's three thousand dollars straight up. Now, if it was a deduction. And you made, let's say, one hundred thousand dollars, that three thousand dollars would just deduct from that hundred thousand, which would make your taxable income ninety seven thousand. Then they take the percentage off of that. So you don't actually get the full three thousand. They just deduct how much percentage is taken off of with a credit. You get the actual three thousand dollars taken off your final bill. And I think what we'll do this week is we're going to do a visual, we'll do like a Facebook live or a webinar or something like that. So you can see this in action. Uh, but what I want you to do is just get the, the concepts of it. Deductions lower how much of your income is taxable. Credits actually give you money based on what you owe the government. Right. So it's dollar for dollar straight off the bottom line. If you owe two thousand and you got a three thousand dollar credit, you got a refund of a thousand dollars. Right. So now that you understand kind of what deductions are and credits are, let's talk about the difference between the standard deduction and the itemized deduction. So as it stands today, now remember, a lot of this is going to be changed. Right. And we'll talk about the changes next week. As it stands today, you have what's what's called a standard deduction. Right. And basically what that means is everybody has a deduction that's basically across the board. 
So if you're a single individual, you get to deduct $6,350 off of your income, right? So if you made $30,000 this year, off the top, you get to deduct $6,350 off of that $30,000, which makes your taxable income, what is it? I don't know the math, $33,650, I think that's what it is. Yeah, I got to excuse me. But anyway, 33650 So it means that your income, not 33 because you said, we said 30, 23000 right? <laughs> so your income is 30000 but now with the standard deduction, your new taxable income is 23000 right? So they're not going to tax you on the 30000 They're going to tax you on the 23000 which is important to understand that. So that's the standard deduction. If you're married, and you're filing jointly, the standard deduction is double that basically. So 12,700 or something like that is what it is, I believe. Now, all this stuff is changing, right? Next year, these deductions will increase, right? I think it's going to go from 12,000 for a married couple to about $24,000, right? For your standard deduction. Uh, And so basically what that means is as a married couple, let's say, for instance, me and my wife as a married couple, we make $50,000. Do we get a standard deduction of $12,000, right? Now, instead of being taxed on that $50,000, we are taxed on that $50,000 minus $12,000, which is what, $38,000. So now my taxable income is $38,000. Now, this is before, for my example, this is before we talk about any other deductions, uh, any other uh, credits or anything like that that I get that's off the top. But that's basically how deductions work. And that's the standard deduction, right? Uh, you don't you don't take anything else. You don't take your charitable your charitable contributions. You don't take any business deductions, anything like that. It's just your basic standard deduction across the board. Now, what's the difference between a standard deduction and an itemized deduction? Basically, you get to choose one or the other, right? So, an itemized deduction is when you take individual things. And you get to deduct it from your income, right? And the only time this makes sense is if these itemized deductions are more than the standard deduction, right? From a personal perspective. Uh, So, for example, you may have a, a business. You may work from home, right? You may want to deduct uh, an office space from your total income, right? Say, so let's say that's $3,000, And let's say you also you have a mortgage interest that you pay. Right. And let's say that mortgage interest is ten thousand dollars. Right. You want to deduct that from your income. You've now gone over the twelve thousand dollars of the standard deduction because ten thousand for the mortgage interest plus three thousand for the home office. You now have a deduction of thirteen thousand dollars as opposed to twelve thousand dollars. So what that means is as a family of 50,000, instead of being taxed on 38,000 under the standard deduction, you're now taxed at 37,000. So somebody said, mate, that don't seem like a whole lot, but in the grand scheme of things, it's your money, right? So if you can save a few, few pennies by choosing, you know, one can of green beans over the next can of green beans, you do it anyway. So why not save a couple of hundred dollars uh, on your taxes when you, you'll break your neck to 
cross the street to go get a gas that's two cents cheaper per gallon. Right. So don't sneeze on this stuff. This is why this stuff is important, because we look at it and we're like, oh, the, that's not big. That's not that big of a deal. That is a big deal in the long in the grand scheme of things. Right. So basically, that's what it is. So itemized deductions, you can take things like your mortgage interest. You can take things like your uh, your student loan interest that you paid. Well, you could take that anyway. Right. That's one of those top line deductions. We'll get to that here in a minute. But you can take things uh, like home office deductions. You can take things like uh, uh, teachers, for example. They can take deductions for up to two hundred and fifty dollars for you know supplies that they buy for their classrooms, uh, which is ridiculous because it should be a whole lot more than two hundred fifty dollars. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna go down that road. Uh, but these are what the itemizing your deductions are. They're breaking them out. Uh, your charitable contributions, right? Uh, your tithes that you pay to the church or things that you give to organizations. These these are what you want to how you get your money back on that is going through the itemized deductions. But again, it only makes sense if your itemized deductions are higher than your standard deductions. Right. And this is kind of one of the things they're trying to do next year with the taxes is since they are going to increase the standard deduction for a married couple, let's say to twenty four thousand dollars. They don't necessarily want you to itemize. They want to try to simplify things, uh, but they're also taking away the exemption. Right. And the exemption is a little bit different than the standard deduction. The exemption is basically something that you get to take just for being a citizen, so to speak. Right. Basically means you are exempt from paying taxes on this amount of money, whatever it is. Now, next year, that exemption will be gone, right? Again, we'll talk about that next week, but that exemption still stands today and you make sure you take that exemption. Basically say you're exempt from paying any taxes on your first $4,000 per person, right? Just just for round numbers, I think it's 4,050, but let's say $4,000 per person is an exemption. So basically it says that you are exempt from paying taxes on that $4,000 per person in your household. So for example, in my house, right? I get a personal exemption. My wife gets a personal exemption. We have four kids. They each get a personal exemption. So what does that do to my taxes? Man, it lowers it a bunch, right? So for example, me and my wife, our personal exemption is $8,000. Add in the kids, 4,000 times four, that's $16,000. 16,000 plus 8,000 is $24,000. My first $24,000 is tax-free just on that exemption. Now, I get the deductions. Me and my wife, let's say we take the standard deduction. That's an additional $12,000. So twenty-four. Plus 12 is 36. The first $36,000 is basically tax-free. This is before we start talking about credits, before we start talking about any other, you know, deductions or any other things that I can take off the top, student loan interest being paid, yada, 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 business expenses. Just that alone, the first basically $36,000 is tax-free. That's before the tax brackets even kick in. Right. Because it's all about taxable income. If I'm making fifty thousand dollars a year and I take off thirty six thousand dollars. What's the math on that? There's only fourteen thousand dollars left to tax me on. <laughs> right. Is that right? Thirty six plus. Yeah, let's see. Four. Carry the 
carry the one. Yep, fifty thousand. So it's fourteen thousand dollars. If I just do that alone, fourteen thousand dollars is the only thing that's left to tax if we just leave it at that, right? And we talked about the tax brackets. That first eighteen thousand dollars is taxed at ten percent, right? So if my taxable income is now fourteen thousand dollars, I have an income. I have a, I have a tax. I'm in the tax bracket of ten percent. So it's going to take ten percent of that. So my tax. My tax bill only is going to be $1,400, right? That's how that works. The game plan is to lower your taxable income as much as possible. Now watch this. So, so we understand now how credits works and using me as an, using this as an example. Now that I know my taxable income is $14,000, I know what tax bracket that sits in. That first, my first 18,000 is going to be taxed at, at 10%. So 14,000 times 10% is $1,400. So my tax bill is $1,400. Before credits. Now, let's say they give me a tax credit of a thousand dollars for each kid. Right. I got four kids. So four times a thousand piece is four thousand dollars. So what happens is now you're going to take the fourteen thousand, which is what I owe. Subtract the four thousand is what I get back in credits. And that's how you come up with the refund. Right. Which is what I want to talk about next is refunds. Where do refunds come from? So if you've been working more than one paycheck, you realize that although you may make $10 an hour and you work 40 hours this week, you may be expecting 40 hours times $10 to be on your paycheck. At least that's what you think you're going to take home. But I remember that first paycheck I got. <laughs> I was making five fifteen, right? And I think I worked like twenty hours or something that first week. And I was thinking, look, twenty times five fifteen, man, I'm going to come home with some cash. I'm going to come home with about a hundred bucks, right? That's what I was thinking. I think my paycheck only being like 60 or something like that after they got hit with tax. I was like, man, what is this about? I don't, I don't where's the rest of my money? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. What, I was dumbfounded because I didn't know anything about taxes. I didn't know anything about paychecks. I didn't know. I just, it was my first job. You know, we didn't talk about money in my house. You know, I was just like, but anyway, I knew like then I was like, this is crazy. This is, this is, this is ridiculous. I felt robbed. I felt like cheated. I was like, somebody got to come up with something. But anyway, if you notice in your paychecks, every time you get paid, the government takes out some money. Right. You, you have some money for for things that you need. Right. Like health insurance. Some of you may have, um, you know, retirement accounts. You may put money into your 401ks. You may have dental plans. You may have things like that that get deducted out of your check. But uh, some of that money goes to pay your taxes or prepay your taxes, so to speak. So what the government does is they try to uh, based off your uh, your W-4 that you fill out when you first got hired. They take that information and they try to take money out of your paycheck so you will prepay your taxes throughout the year. So every time you get paid, they get paid, right? It's not anything they got to worry about. They ain't got to try to track you down later on when taxes are due. They get their money right now. And if they owe you something, they pay it back to you, right? So every time you get paid, they take money out. Now, this does not include Medicare tax, Social Security tax. That's off the top. You're not getting that back until you need Medicare, you need Social Security, right? This is an addition. This is your tax withholding, right? So 
and I say this because you really need to understand where refunds come from. Because a lot of people think like refunds are just free money, right? But all a refund is, is what it sounds like. It's a refund. Throughout the year, the government's taking money from you, from your paycheck every single month to for you to prepay your taxes. So again, they don't have to track you down. Anytime you get money back, it's only money that they already owe you. Right. It's not some money that came out of thin air. You didn't win the lottery. You didn't do something right. They were just giving you money back that they owe you. I have a problem with this. A real big problem with this. We've talked about this before. This is we're talking about taxes. I feel like I want to talk about it some more. Anytime you're getting large refunds. You're not doing yourself a favor. All right. You're getting three, four, five, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars back in your taxes. You're doing it wrong. Okay. And we need to stop this. Right. And I've heard all the excuses. Well, I don't want to owe the government. Look, if you're getting eight thousand dollars tax refunds. You ain't got to worry about owing the government. All right. Quit playing with yourself. Hopefully, going through this and understanding this a little bit better will make you realize that you ain't got nothing to worry about. Right? I've heard the excuse that it's the way I save money. Right? And I've talked to clients. They go, oh, well, the reason why I like to have a large refund is because it's like, it's how I save my money. And then I ask them, how much of that money do you have today? Well, none. Then you didn't save it. Right? So that's a lie. Stop it. But probably the biggest issue is that we are giving the government an interest-free loan throughout the year, right? While at the same time, we're paying interest on our own loans, our own mortgages, our own student loans, our own credit cards, our own debt. So giving the government money throughout the year, all year long, just to get it back later on, It's costing us money, right? We are losing money by letting the government hold on to our money. And even they know this. They've even came out with reports that say people overpay their taxes by a gross amount. I think it was 2016 I read somewhere that people overpaid taxes by 340 something billion dollars. Billion with a B. Do you know how big a billion is? Let me put a billion in perspective. If I were to take the time to count to one million, one number per second, it would take me 11 days to count to a million. Right. So if that is true or knowing that that's true, think to yourself right now. How long would it take for me to count to a billion If it takes 11 days to count to a million, how long would it take to count to a billion? 11 days to a million. How long do you think it'll take to count to a billion? Three weeks? Six months? One year? Five years? How about about 34 years? That's how big a billion is compared to a million. 
A billion seconds is about a little bit over 34 years. A million seconds is only 11 days. Think about that for a second. That's how big a billion is. That's how much money we are leaving on the table, which means that's how much more money. money, (laughs) That means that's how much more money we are paying in interest because we're letting the government hold on to our money. My case, my plea, my hope is that we stop doing that. We adjust our W-4s and we get our money back today. Single mom, three boys, she was getting $8,000 tax refunds, right? Sat down with her, did a session with her, say, hey, we got to stop this. She was behind on her bills about a hundred and something dollars every single month, which was costing her more money. Not only was she paying interest on loans, but she was paying late fees, convenience fees, check cashing fees, all this other stuff that she didn't need to be doing. We adjusted a W-4s. Instead of getting $8,000, so let's get $6,000. Let's, let's get $2,000 tax refund and take that $6,000 and get that back today. What did that do to her paychecks? $6,000 divided by 12 is $500. $500 per month that she basically gave herself a pay raise. $250 per check made all the difference in her life. So instead of going from $125 short every month or so, she now had a surplus, right? Changed her life. Stress went out the window. Well, it didn't go out the windows. Nobody ever gets rid of stress. But (laughs) not only did she get that money up front, she started to pay down some debt. She was no longer paying convenience fees. She was able to get a checking account. She got some things taken care of. She's moving forward, start getting the hair done. Boys start acting right in school because mama's a little bit better attitude. There's that stress of check to check. We fixed that as well. All that went down simply because she stopped getting such a large tax refund. Now, she was still getting a refund, right? Because some people just don't make enough. You know, like like even for me, I pretty much get most of my check. They don't take out much of anything out of my paycheck. One, because I... I do other creative things like write off business expenses and stuff like that. So as far as concerned, I don't really have much of a taxable income as, as, at all. And I plan my investment plan through life is to keep it like that. It's to make sure that I'm getting as many tax deductions as possible. Right. That's my go to game plan. I do that because I know really wealthy people do the same thing. Right. But I want you to get out of the habit. I want you to get out of the mindset that a tax refund is a good thing. It is not. You are giving money away, especially if you owe somebody else money. It is costing you money, more money than it needs to cost. Right. So make your adjustments. As it stands right now, I wouldn't worry too much about changing the W-4 until the new tax system kind of goes into effect. The end of February, and I'll let everybody know when I see this, I'll send out an email. So make sure you're on the email list to get my best stuff. Find that at yourmoneyright.com. But anyway, W-4, there's a W-4 calculator on irs.gov on their website. Right now, it's not going to be accurate because they're still working out the calculations uh, to change it for under the new tax law. 
at the end of February, they supposedly will have it done. And then you want to take the time, go on there do a W4 calculator and put your information and then change your W4 at your job. Right. So you can now stop having them take out too much money where you're getting these huge tax refunds every year. Right. So you can take your money home today. Give yourself a pay raise now. Think about that, how life will change if you just had an extra hundred dollars or two hundred or five hundred or eight hundred dollars a month. Right. Think about that. I know it'll change because I see it happening. Right. And if it don't change, it's because you don't know what you're supposed to be doing with your money. And if that's the case, you need to holler at me. Right. Or go back and listen to some of these these episodes because you got things you can do with your money, things you should be doing with your money, should be telling your money what to do for you. Right. So we need to stop this tax refund thing right now. (laughs) Okay, it's not a good thing. It ain't cute. You're not balling, right? Uh, And even if you are, if you were one of those people that owe absolutely no money and you get money back, that's a good thing. There's not much you can do about that, right? So it's it's all good, right? I ain't going to knock that, right? But that's that's there for you so that you're not like that for the rest of your life. You don't want to be stuck in the lower tax bracket or not not to say not stuck in the lower tax bracket. You don't want to be not making any money, (laughs) right, for the rest of your life. You want to be moving up. Uh, but you do still want to do it creatively to optimize, right? But you definitely want to be moving up. But hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully that made sense. I did a lot of rambling. This episode is a bit longer than the past few. But I, I really wanted to make sure that we understand these core things uh, when it comes to our taxes and how taxes work. Because there's a lot of big misunderstanding out there. And I hope that people get some more understanding listening to this, that they understand where the refund comes from, right? It's a refund. It's money that they owe you. You understand the difference between deductions and credits. That the goal for your taxes is not to lower your income, but to lower your taxable income, right? Because really the only way to minimize the impact that taxes have on your life is to make another dollar, (laughs) right? That's the real way. To minimize the impact of taxes in your life is to make another dollar. But it's also how you make that dollar that matters. We'll do another show on that sometime in the future. But how you make your money, it matters. Most of all of us need to start off with earned income. That's how it works, right? You start off with earned income. But if your plan for the rest of your life does not include a way for you to make something other than earned income, You're doing it wrong. Okay. You're doing it wrong. I know. I know your financial advisor. Dave Ramsey. Susie Orman. Your uncle. Your professors. They all told you that the goal is to move up in your career. Get a better education. Put all your money into your 401k and into mutual funds. Then one day you get to retire. You get to become useless. And then maybe you have enough money to live off of the rest of your life. I know that's what they've told you, right? And to some extent, it's a plan. It's a good plan, right? It's a good plan if that's what you want to do. Because when you retire, you get to take your money out, not as, you know, well, yeah, you'll be taxed. It won't be capital gains. You're going to pay, especially if you're 401k mutual funds, you're going to be paying, you know, 
you're going to be paying earned income tax rates. If it's capital gains, you're going to be paying a lot less. If it's business income, you're going to be paying a lot less. If it's passive cash flow and income, you're going to pay even less in taxes. This is why I urge you to find a way to find another way to earn your income. We should be earning our income in all three ways. We should be earning in earned income, right? Because there's a bunch of benefits for that. We need to earn it in capital gains, right? Because if you're if your net worth is growing, that's a good thing. And we need to be earning it in passive income because that's the goal of money, right? Is to get it out of the way, is to have our money make money for us. So one day we don't have to work for money. Lesson number one in Rich Dad, Poor Dad is the rich don't work for money. They work to have money work for them. Right? One of the biggest revelations in my financial life. They don't work for money. They have money. They work to have money work for them. And that's what we're doing too, right? As misfits, that's what we do. Now, we're going to maximize our earned income, right? While I'm at the job, I'm going to get every dime I can. Because that's what part of the process we're in, right? We're working. We're going to maximize it. We're going to take full advantage of our employees or, excuse me, our employers. Take everything that they have to offer. Take all the benefits that they worked hard to give us. We're going to take them. We're going to use them. We're going to maximize them. We're going to use them to decrease the dependency that we have on them. Because that's true diversification. Putting your money in the six different mutual funds that all invest in the same companies is not diversification. Making yourself lean, agile, versatile. We've talked about this before. Lean, liquid, and relevant. That's diversification. Having multiple streams of income. That's diversification. Having multiple skills is diversification. Diversification. Man, I can't talk today. That's true diversification. Don't let anybody tell you anything else. Telling your money what to do for you in different buckets. That's true asset allocation. 40% in bonds. 40% in stocks. Domestic stocks. 20% in international stocks. They call that asset allocation. They call that diversification. But true diversification Lies within you, what you can control. You can't control international stocks. You can't control domestic stocks. You can't control bonds. And the correlation between those two things have been broken for years now. But I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Right. But all this starts with education. Getting yourself educated about your money. Because money rules the world. Money is involved in all the decisions that we make. My goal for you, my prayer for you, my wish for you is that money is no longer a factor in the decisions that you have to make. In order for that to be the case, we got to get good with money. And the only reason we're not good with money is because we don't talk about money. And that's this, what this show is designed to do. Talk about money. So I hope that was helpful. That's all I got today. I appreciate you listening. And remember, if you don't get your money right, somebody else will get your money, right? So let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it to 
together. If you have any questions, bring it over to the show notes page, yourmoneyright.com forward slash 79. Or you can come to the Misfits group. We'll talk about it there as well. But if you could do that, bring it over to the comments. I love to answer your questions. Be on the lookout for a live visual representation of what we talked about today so you can see this thing out. We're going to do that uh, probably this week. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, I'll post something up pretty soon when we'll go live and all that good stuff. Uh, but keep abreast of me. Make sure you're on the email list. I'll send it out to the email list. So make sure you go over and sign up and get my best stuff. And let's get this thing together, man. Let's keep moving. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's get this education. Let's get this knowledge. Let's start building this thing out. Let's start let's start opening businesses. Let's, let's start keeping our money and telling it what to do and all that good stuff, man. So I'm excited for 2018. I hope you're still excited about it. I hope you're still going after your goals and dreams for this year. Don't give up. Don't quit. We're just getting going, right? We're just getting going. So don't stop. Let's keep going. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate you. I love you. God bless. MPS. MPS. I said we're talking about.